With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line. And we say hello to our friends on the DraftKings network. Mm. What's up to Samsung TV Plus? You can check us out over there for your viewing pleasure. This is Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circle Resort and Casino. And Mike Pritchard, our recent NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes and a former first-round pick. Uh, we will get to Tank Williams coming up in 15 minutes. He will be joining us to give us his NFL and college football thoughts on the other side here but i wish we could air what we had on turned into break there a lot of laughs first of all (laughs) stay locked in this hour because mike palm is on a roll he's on fire today i want to ask tank williams if oregon coming off the double by having played stanford and then an off week has an an advantage here the sanford game was uh having having watched having watched that game to root for my bo nick heisman ticket i was like oh boy stanford is Tough times for a Troy, Troy Taylor on the farm there. I think there was about 17 people in attendance in Palo Alto, but I digress. But let's continue our conversation with college football, though. And we'll start off with Miami and North Carolina. We were talking about the Miami gaffe during the break. How could you not? Still six days later, and it's still top of the mind here, what Mario Cristobal did at the end of their game against Georgia Tech last Saturday. But the Hurricanes now turn around, go to Chapel Hill, where their three-point underdogs against North Carolina total is at 57 are you buying this as sort of the bounce back spot and buying in on the dog here that everybody has been taking to task throughout the week? Well, I like to ask Pritch where he thinks these kids' heads are after Ooh. that. I mean, they're undefeated. They mm-hmm. probably would have been ranked like 11th or 12th yeah. this mm-hmm. week. Playoff Set aspirations. Up for a play- yeah, a playoff oh, yeah. run. And instead you have a home loss to a, sure. a bottom team in your league. Where's your head going to Chapel Hill? It's, it's yeah. in the toilet right yeah. now, really. I mean, yeah. um, it, it's, it's, it's where it should be. Do you have belief in the head coach? Do you have belief that this guy knows what he's doing? Um, that is beyond acceptable. Or you, you don't even try to comprehend it if you can. Um, so now it's no different than LSU trying to bounce back against Missouri. How slow do they have? And then they got it going. They won the game. I get that, right? But when your season – and. All you have to do is believe that things can can fall your way and perhaps you can play back into a situation. But no, you, you're you're devastated and you're talking about kids and understanding how to handle that and how understanding how to let it go. That's the more important point I, I want to make here. And then you got a good team uh, in Carolina that you got to face on the road too. So uh, I I expect Miami to be slow rolling. I, I expect them to have a lot a lack of confidence. Uh, certainly going into the game. But at some point, will they get it going? Perhaps that could be the case. But uh, Carolina uh, could be too good for the Hurricanes right now. I think Carolina's been very impressive uh, mm. this year. Right. Uh, they've exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. May's been terrific. Mm-hmm. They've played on both sides of the ball. I think they're the better team. And I'm. this is one of my contest plays with Matt Humans because I think this is a really tough week of prep for Miami. Never mind the fact that Van Dyke was terrible in this game against a bad Georgia Tech defense Mm -hmm. through three interceptions that were totally his fault. They weren't tip balls. They were just bad throws, Mm -hmm. bad reads. I like Carolina in this spot. Yeah, Carolina is an interesting team. It's a team that like it's almost we've forgotten about the, yeah. the Tar Heels because like nobody really mentions them when you bring up ACC. It's all been Florida State. Could Miami make a run? But now here's North Carolina sitting here undefeated, and they right. got Tez Walker back. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. NCAA mm-hmm. finally made him eligible. They yep. did the right thing there, uh, 
it took a little bit of time, but they finally <laughs> did the right thing. So the wide receiver, their big wide receiver recruit coming in here from the transfer portal is active and ready to go with Drake May. Uh, another interesting game, though, in the Pac-12, UCLA at Oregon State. Corvallis, difficult place to play, especially for these Southern California teams. Bruins, three and a half point dogs coming off the win against Washington State. 54 is our total here. Um, this one kind of feels like I like both of these defenses, actually, in this game here. I would kind of lean toward the under. What do you guys think? Well, UCLA surprised me. Their defense yeah. made Cam Ward look silly last week. It was bad. You know, they really, Washington State did nothing after the first quarter in that mm -hmm. game offensively and got lucky with the pick six. I was still in the game, still had a chance to yeah. cover. But offensively, they didn't move the ball at all. That defense is really good. Remember, they gave up a pick six at Rice Eccles and lose the game 14 yeah. to 7. This is a top defense. Mm -hmm. So, that being said, We'll see how they go against Jonathan Taylor, who can run the ball. He's a really good run game coach. Uh, DJ, right. uh, they, they, they've been pretty explosive here. Mm -hmm. I mean, Washington State handled them. They got ahead by three touchdowns. Um, it's, it's a tough spot. It's a good litmus test for UCLA, I think, going up there. I think it, the, the whole handicap on this game is uh, do you buy in on the UCLA quarterback? If you do, I think you take the three and a half on the road here. Yeah, he's a young one, right? Freshman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so why is it so difficult to get to Corvallis or play in Corvallis? Why why is there like um, um, a tough situation? It's in particular this year, I guess, playing against the Beavers. I think for these Southern California schools, it's just, I don't know, like there's something about or the Oregon State fan base gets up for these games. Mm -hmm. USC, even the Pete Carroll teams would go to Corvallis they and beat. have trouble. They, right. they get beat. Right. Backs yeah. Yeah. Ja Jaquiz Rogers and, and the 200 yards against yeah. Pete Carroll. Yeah. Like, 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 there's a lot of USC teams that have seen their national title yeah. hopes crash yeah. and fall yeah. in Corvallis. And I think it's kind of like that, or oh, like the Southern California teams are some of the glamour franchise or glamour teams of the Pac-12 to where they, they just get up for those games. The okay. Beavers do. And they've made it a kind of a house of horrors for a lot of those teams right because i was curious i mean the hook you know i, I don't know if that's something that's going to keep me away uh you said something about the total uh which could be interesting there in this game but um yeah it's something about oregon state in this corvallis situation even talking with people at cu you know when cu was horrible we're not horrible anymore <laughs> we'll get to <laughs> when, them in a minute when we were horrible um it was just a tough place to play i don't know if it's to travel i don't know what it is about corvallis it's not an impossible place to get to. There's an airport in Eugene if you want how to fly over a, there. How far of a bus ride is it from the airport? From from Eugene to Corvallis, you're looking at probably about 40-ish minutes. Oh, it's, 40 not, it's not as bad as not, Happy Valley. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not terrible. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, even from, from Portland to Corvallis, it's probably like a little over an hour mm -hmm. or so. So it's not that terrible yeah. of a place to get to. But it's just something weird happens in Corvallis, man. Bo <laughs> just, Bodacious had a tough game there last year. <laughs> yeah, he might have a tough game tomorrow. Let's hope not. <laughs> I'm so conflicted with that game. I'm a Husky fan. I want to see the program do well but then they're also Bo Nix 30 to 1 that's that's mm. also calling my name as well so we'll see what happens with that uh I know Mike you really were wanting to talk about Iowa State and Cincinnati uh the Bearcats are five point favorites total 43 yeah. what stands out to you with this I game? like the total here I got it at 44 and a half it's coming down gonna have weather in the Midwest this weekend this Iowa State team look the the TCU offense is not bad the defense is way down the mm. TCU offense decent they held them down they held them they had seven points till midway in the fourth quarter uh, as a six-point dog winning 27-13, I think I've been on the right side of this Iowa State team four times. Um, and I think this is going to be a, a defensive, grinding game. Remember, Cincinnati held Oklahoma to 20, which is flattered off their performance against Texas. I think this game's probably in the teens or a 21-17 type of game. And you see the totals move two points in a day. So um, I, I, if it gets under 42, I wouldn't recommend playing it. But I think this is a, this is a, a one-possession one game, and it's, uh, it's in the 30s for sure. Yeah, that, that feels a bit like Iowa State kind of football. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like well, that's how they have to play. Yeah, that's how they have to. They, yeah. they they take the play clock down. They know the defense is the strength of their team, mm -hmm. and you know he's no fool. I criticize him for all his antics <laughs> off the field mm -hmm. and, and stuff, but he's no fool on game management, mm -hmm. Campbell. Yeah, he knows how to stay yeah. close in a lot of these games. Uh, let's get to tonight's game, though. Pritch's mm. Buffs. We've mm. been waiting to yeah. talk about this one. Stanford at Colorado. Colorado, by the way, gone over their season win total That's uh, right. of the three and a half. Yep. The overs cashed those tickets. Congratulations to everyone. I know, Pritch, mm -hmm. you know you had a ticket yep. on that Pritch. one there. A lot of people had the <laughs> under on that one, so sorry really? for you. Really? A lot? Uh, I mean, there was. A, I feel like every person all summer on the network was like under three and a half, wow. and then uh, now okay. we're at four wins, and it's October thirteenth. Uh, but the Buffs are twelve and a half point favorites, total fifty nine and a half. How do you sort of see this one playing out? Got to get off to a fast start, um, and, and I know Coach Prime and his staff have been working on CU trying to get off to that fast start. 
Um, establishing a run is something that they've been working on. Offensive line issues in depth, uh, really. Uh, but this focus is trying to uh, get off to a fast start. Um, now, uh, Coach Prime doesn't like the starting time of this game. Seven, mm. six, uh, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Yeah, local yeah time. does not like that. But you know, something about these kids, and something about you know, look, you're going to be on TV. The spotlight's on you. It always has been. Um, they they have to get off to a fast start because the second half for the Buffs has been all, it's been spectacular. Really, it's yeah. been really good. Uh, but it's all the focus is this week has been trying to get off to that fast start, that quick start. Uh, and this is a great opponent to do that against. Uh, I think Stanford's reeling. Uh, Stanford, I don't know what direction from a sporting standpoint this institution is going to go in. I mean, from a from an Olympic sport standpoint, Stanford. Elite. Elite. Yeah. Now, from a football program that kind of just drives revenue, not elite. Right. And so that's what's happening with Stanford. And and the I think the basketball's been down right, too. Right. Way down. Right. Way yeah. down. And so I think this is a chance for the Buffs to kind of take advantage of all that. I wouldn't lay it though. <laughs> all that said, we're not laying. I wouldn't so, lay so it twelve and a half. I'm a, as I talked about the scheduling spot for Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Colorado has had no breath either, mm-hmm. and they've been yeah. the focus of every game this yeah. year. Got a I bye week after this one, though. Yeah, but yeah. I think this week and Stanford coming off the bye keeps me away from this game because yeah. I think hmm. the spot is good for Stanford. Mm-hmm. What do you think of your quarterback? Shador? Going to the students in front of the student mm-hmm. section of the of the bottom team <laughs> yeah. in the Pac-12 so the to watch? show his seventy thousand yeah. dollars. What do you, you know? What, what do you think about that? Rich? I like it. I oh, actually God. like it. <laughs> I mean, so, if you, you don't show your watch, Mike if, Paul. If, if, if you don't, wanna, Mike, you got to show your watch. If you don't want to see it, then <laughs> beat him, right? I mean. See, I this, this, this is blind devotion. It's not like, blind devotion. Like, you know, put your watch up. Is this something as a Is it something I would do? No, it's not. It's not but it, it's something that he does and he's comfortable doing. And, and, it's, and it's who he is. And so Coach Prime is not going to take that away, right? Because he knows what fuels Shador. He knows what fuels a lot of these players. And he's not going to try to take that away. The only way you don't see that is if you beat him. Real quick now, and, and I don't know if this was something that you, you, you know, when you when you do something like that, right? When you brag about winning, or if you if you go over the top with it, uh, it, it could come back to hurt you, right? But it also can fuel you. Like my rookie year when we played in Atlanta, we beat every every team in in, in California. We were the California State champs. So when we beat San Francisco at Candlestick, Glanville had a trophy as tall as you. And we ran around the stadium with that trophy. California State champs on it. Well, well that's more funny. <laughs> There's a bit of humor to that. There's no humor to the, the watch that those kids can't afford. It depends it, on what the I, kids in the student like session the are saying, though. is what I'm saying. We'll see what kind of watch Tim Williams has next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities, 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here on a football Friday. We've been talking a lot of college football, mm. and we'll continue that discussion as well as some NFL analysis with our next guest here. Tank Williams, former player in the National Football League, now an NFL college football and fantasy analyst. Tank, we appreciate you joining us here on the Lombardi Line as always. And we'll start off with college football here. We want to talk about the game in mm-hmm. Seattle. In your opinion, who has the edge between Oregon and Washington? It's really tough to say because, I mean, Washington, let's just start off with the college football environment, that stadium. Husky Stadium is one of the tougher places to play in college football. And I know once this game is played and people get to see it on a national scale, they'll say, oh, my goodness, look at these two Big Ten teams playing. But no, nah, <laughs> it's even back in the Pac-12 days. Like, don't get it twisted. But, I mean, these are two high-powered offenses. I mean, both of these quarterbacks are up for the Heisman, and rightfully so. I mean, I think there's going to be a little bit of rain in the forecast. And I hope that the conditions aren't that bad, even though both of these teams are accustomed to playing in drizzly, rainy weather. I want—I just want it to be pristine environment so we can just see the best of both of these teams. And I think that, for me personally, when I look at Oregon and I look at Landon coming from the SEC, where he's been able to do with that defense and also the high-powered offense that they have, I would probably give a slight lean to them, but I wouldn't pick them. I mean, honestly, I feel that if you're going to do anything, just go with the over, and that's the safer bet at 67 and a half. Yeah, we were talking about the under, to be honest with you, earlier, uh, Tank, mm-hmm. because of, um, you know, you think about, uh, like you mentioned, Oregon, they're built like an SEC team, in my opinion. Um, but then, you know, you wonder about the rivalry situation and having played in these rivalry games and that emotion. I wonder how long it's going to take both teams to kind of settle down in this matchup. I mean, I think that we saw a little bit of a lag from Oregon when they played against my Stanford Cardinal the other week where they started off a little bit slow. I think yeah. they were probably looking ahead to this game. They started off a little bit slow in that game. But if you look at the big high-octane matchup they had with Colorado, they came out like kicking on all cylinders for jump. And I think that this is a game that both of these teams had circled from Jump Street and that both of them will come out with a solid game plan. And it's it's going to be really tough to slow down both of these offenses, even though you have like some really great defensive minds on both sides of the ball, and especially on the Oregon's. Tank, I want to talk about a matchup in the ACC between uh, Miami and North Carolina. And we talked with Pritch about this a little earlier, but you're a little not as far removed from the game as he is. Uh, where, <laughs> He's trying to where, stay old, Tank. Well, you're, you're distinguished, Pritch. Where are these kids' heads at for Miami after their coach can't add and runs the football and fumble. I mean, their undefeated season, the ACC title, home loss to Georgia. I mean, what kind of a week of preparation are they having heading into playing a very good North Carolina team? We always talk about how tough it is to win games, whether it's in the NFL or in college football. So the last thing you want to do is beat yourself. And when you have your head coach who's supposed to be on, I mean, that's your job. Like, our job is to go out there, make tackles, catch balls, score touchdowns. Dude, your job is to manage the game, and you can't even do that right in the most crucial opportunities, moments in the games. Like, that's just inexcusable. So now, like, you see the coaches, like the players on the sideline, just in tears saying, like, what are we doing? Mm. And so if you're questioning your coach at that pivotal moment, oh, you better believe that they're going to be questioning some other things now. And now you have a matchup against North Carolina, who's undefeated. You have to go play against them. And they've been throwing up there in the 40-40 club. They've thrown up 40 points the past couple of weeks. And I don't think that's going to slow down here against Miami. So, yeah, they're going to be motivated to try to say, like, hey, we should be still undefeated too. But I think they're going to just run into a bus all in North Carolina this week. So I'd probably take uh, the money line on North Carolina and the over too. I expect them to score a lot of points. All right, money line over at DraftKings, minus 166 for the Tar Heels to beat the Miami Hurricanes. We're hanging out with Tank Williams here, former NFL DB, now an NFL college football fantasy and betting analyst, chatting with us on the Lombardi line. Where are you at with USC Notre Dame? The betting market seems like it's interested in the Fighting Irish to bounce back after their loss to Louisville. Uh, do you think that they can hand the Trojans their first loss of the season? 
Listen, like, I'm not going to even try to hide it. Like, I'm a Notre Dame hater. I hated Notre Dame when we played them in college every year. And that's maintained all the way through these years. And I'm damn near, like, 45 right now. And I still hate them just as much as I did when I was 25. And so I just don't understand how Notre Dame is favored in this game. Now, I understand the limitations of SC's defense. That's been well documented. But, I mean, I've heard people talk about Hartman being the next coming of Joe Montana and all these things, and I just get tired of Notre Dame just being pumped up every single year only to let everyone down except me who hates Notre Dame to see them lose these crucial games. <laughs> they did against Louisville. I picked that upset last week where they were going to go into an environment. They had college game there at Duke, so they were able to get up for that one, and they squeaked out a victory there. And then they went to Louisville and happened what should have happened. Louisville beat them. And I think in this instance, too, people are feeling that, oh, yeah, they're going to get that poor SC defense and they playing at home. That's not going to matter. My cousin Caleb Williams is going to go up in there and find a way to get the dub, even if that defense does give up 35, 40 points. Tank, let's revisit the border war then. And I want to throw this theory at you. Do you give any advantage to Oregon in that they've had two weeks off? where Washington's only had one. I mean, they had very little prep to go to the farm and play Stanford. Wow. <laughs> you asked for it. Well, well take, take Mike Palm is a Notre he, he knows Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame grad tank. Yeah. The, the good thing is this. Even when I rock my Stanford shirt, I can say I'm rocking it for the football team when we're doing well. And if the football team's down, I can rock it for the academics. So no matter what, you keep my head held up high. <laughs> it's not too shabby at South Bend either, the academic. Just just, just playing around. <laughs> Two esteemed academic institutions. Well, how yeah. about your Stanford Cardinals against Pritchett's call out of Buffaloes tonight? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, what was that? I think my earbud went out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like, look, I, I, I'm a believer of what Coach Prime is doing. Like, I love the swag that he comes to in his interviews. More important than anything else, I love that he gets down into the X's and O's and makes sure that his guys are coached up. And if they're not coached up, they're not going to play the game. I love the support that he shows them. He wants them to play with their chest out with their heads held high. He wants them to play with confidence. And what they've been doing on the field, given where Colorado was last year, is something that's commendable. And not only that, as ABC, as Fox, as CBS, what Coach Prime has done for these networks has been just like a gold mine. They didn't anticipate this coming in. That's why he's been on nationally televised games ever since he uh, slapped TCU over the head in week one. And so <laughs> what's that going to be able to do? Like, we have a new coach coming in this year. We're revamping. We're restarting. We can't take advantage of the portal like all these other teams out there. So it's hard out here for a Stanford tree. <laughs> an easy victory on ESPN. But that being said, my Stanford Cardinal, we're going to go out there. We're going to go out there and fight and try to put forward a good game. But I think Coach Palm and those boys are going to have a little bit too much for us tonight. There you go. Well, for what it's worth, both Pritch and Mike Palm would not lay the 12 and a half yeah. of Colorado mm -hmm. tonight. So maybe Stanford a little bit more competitive than the betting market thinks. Let's switch over to the NFL, though. We've been talking about everyone's team. Let's talk about my team in the NFL. That's the Dallas Cowboys coming off an absolute thrashing last Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers. Now they're two and a half point favorites in L.A. to take on the Chargers Monday night, total 51. How do you see this one playing out? Now, this one is interesting to me. I mean, I think you've heard it all along TV uh, this past week, and I think it's true. Like, that Dallas offense looks stale. I know Dak catches a lot of heat and things like that, but I think that some of the most brilliant NFL minds, especially on the offensive side of the ball today, find creative ways to get their best weapon, the ball, on several occasions throughout the game. Whether you look at the team that they're playing, Keenan Allen getting 20-something targets a couple of weeks ago and getting 18 catches. You look at Jamar Chase going off against the Arizona Cardinals. Like, you need to be able to do that for Tony Pollard. You need to be able to do that for C.D. Lamb. And then what was more disappointing than anything else, when you understand that the offense may have some limitations against the San Francisco 49ers last week, that defense didn't show any dogs. You got dogs on that defense with Michael Parsons, with Tank Lawrence, some of these other guys, but they didn't show any dog in that fight. And so... That has to come from the top down. So until Dallas starts playing with a little bit of swag, until they get in that darn on playbook and start, uh, you know, uh, dialing up some creative plays, at least on the offensive side of the ball so they can be competitive, it's going to be hard for those Dallas Cowboys. But that being said, if you want to look at a prop that I like, the Chargers have always been pretty uh, bad against the run. And I think Tony Pollard, I was looking at the number, I think it's like in the 50, 60 rushing yard total. I kind of like that. And if you just pair it in the SGP or something like that, I think that that'll be something where you can get a little bit of uh, plus money, some juice on your hand. But as far as like winning the game, I kind of like those charges. Tank, we got about a minute. Um, what were your thoughts on Seattle and, and Cincinnati? I, I mean, I, Cincinnati had that 
get-right situation against Arizona. I don't know if they got right, but they certainly involved Jamar Chase. And, and you know, from a prop market standpoint, obviously he's somebody I would look to. Uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on, on this matchup against the Seahawks? Yeah, T. Higgins is trying to play in this game. I'm not sure how effective he'll be if he is going to play. Uh, so, yeah, you have to look to Jamar Chase. The one thing that I would say is that that Seattle defense has been playing a little bit more competitive ball than what we saw last year. I really like what I saw out of Devin Witherspoon last week on Monday Night Football, but that was against the Giants. So I'm interested to see how he does against better competition. If you look at the opposite side of the ball, that Cincinnati defense has been giving up some big chunk plays. I think they're missing their two superstar safeties that left in free agency this year. So if you want to look at the flip side, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf getting deep and hey, either longest reception in the game or number of receptions or reception yardage, things like that. I think that would be something I'd be interested in looking at a potential shootout between the Bengals and the Seahawks. Seahawks coming off of the bye. Geno Smith sounds like he is A-OK -okay with the knee that he banged up against the New York Giants a couple weeks ago. He is Tank Williams, NFL betting analyst, also college football and fantasy. Mike, you want to say something? He's still mad about Ty Willingham. He, he won't forgive Notre <laughs> Dame for taking Ty Willingham. Hey, hey, actually, Coach Dell went to Notre Dame when I got drafted to the league, so I was all good. He did the right thing. Tank, be well. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back to talk some more contest stuff on the other side. <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here hanging out on the DraftKings Network. Thank you to Tank Williams, former NFL defensive back, also now an NFL betting analyst, also analyzes college football, fantasy sports, and all sorts of things. Uh, he joined us in the last segment, fun segment. If you missed it, make sure you check it out in podcast form over on the Lombardi line. We'll get it wherever you get your podcast. But uh, let's talk a little bit of contests here, shall we? Uh, I know Pritch, hmm. he is one among us who is still involved <laughs> In Survivor. I mean, yeah. you've, you've made it all the way. We're sitting here now at week six. A lot of people have been eliminated. Um, where are you at right now? And I guess what are you sort of uh, mulling over before you make your selections 24 hours from now? Well, I got a partner. You know, so the journey has been interesting because, you know, week one was Washington, right? Uh, the time to play, I think, that team. Uh, but now it's starting to get a little bit more difficult in terms of who do you try to save? Uh, uh, certainly for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then um, who do you go with, right? And, you know, you want to go with home favorites, strong home favorites. I mean, every, everybody's mm -hmm. kind of trying to do that. But with one entry, you know, it's starting to get more and more uh, difficult. So, um, you know, the Rams are, are one of those teams where you're probably going to use them, uh, in, you know, in a certain spot. This one scares me because it's a division kind of spot. Uh, we saw last night what can happen with familiarity. Uh, and tendencies, because I think that's what's coming in into play now in the National Football League, uh, and so that that makes it difficult. Um, you know, you want to save uh, Dallas, you want to save Detroit, uh, certainly um, uh, if you can. Uh, so it's going to be a, a difficult decision coming up uh, this weekend. So you used Miami, so yep. that's not a consideration yeah. for you. Last and week. Detroit, you're saving for Thanksgiving. Saving. Mm -hmm. I, I thought this is a game I looked at. If you weren't going to use any of the big favorites. Would you consider using Atlanta at home against Washington mm. this week? I haven't talked about that one. I uh, have not talked about that one. Uh, I think uh, Atlanta offensively makes us nervous, or, or should. Um, and, and, you know, w w what's going on, too? You know, you know I, the home favorite kind of thing is, is tricky to me um, because I, I, I'm not seeing stellar football. I'm not seeing quarterbacks kind of – uh, separate themselves, right? I mean, uh, we want to rely on some of that information if we can. And then, you know, with the commanders, any type of good defensive effort, they're going to win some games. I believe so. You know, especially on the other side, if Atlanta's not prolific or not scoring a lot of points. You know, it's interesting because we were having this conversation during the break in the first hour about, like, how there's so many bad football teams oh, yeah. uh -oh. this year. Uh -oh. To where, like, like, I think, it, like, like, let's hopefully knock on wood that you're able to survive this yeah. week. 
when you play it forward, like, do you kind of just play this out conventionally? Because you could just sort of each week, it feels like you can pick on one of these bad teams and be able to kind of get through that way. Because I think, like, like, for myself, like, I usually like to roll the dice. That's why I was out in week two. But, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a cutesy kind of survivor's cutesy player. player. <laughs> but, like, like, is this a more conventional survivor year to where, like, we might at the end of the year have 20, 25 people that ultimately make it all the way through? I said there'll be 75. I, 75. 75. Wow. Yeah. I think there's a path through here that if somebody doesn't, that isn't a touchdown home favorite, doesn't get upset for that, we're going to take yeah. 12, 1400 into Thanksgiving. And the people have two options on Thanksgiving mm -hmm. Dallas, or I think Detroit might actually be the better option on Thanksgiving, yeah. the way that they played in Lambeau earlier. Right, right. Um, don't, you know, Michael Lombardi, who, who gives his name to this show, uh, and appears here six of the seven days, except when the the, the, the entertainment panel comes on on Friday, <laughs> talks about, in handicapping, coordinator matchups. Or, uh -huh. Don't you like Arthur Smith versus Del Rio this week? Or is it negated by Ritter? <laughs> See, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the great equalizer. <laughs> my hatred towards Del Rio is strong. <laughs> it is. I know. I'm trying to play. I'm playing yeah. on all your I know you. I know. tonight, See, and, this morning. And, and <laughs> one thing I've learned from betting is I got to eliminate bias, yeah. you know, if I can. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think Arthur Smith has figured out how to operate consistently with this group of talent. Um, I, I think the quarterback, he wants it to be Tannehill so bad, but uh, he can't. You know, I, I think he'd be better off with Heineke yeah. because you know what you're going to get with that guy. He's a gunslinger. Do you have to rein, rein him in or reel him in a little bit? Perhaps, but at least you know he'll, he'll try to thread a needle for you. Whereas Ritter is timid, and I don't know how you call plays with a timid quarterback. I think they can run the ball. Right. Washington, oh, yeah, sure. Because, I mean, the Bears, right. even the Bears ran the ball effectively yeah. on Washington, right? So I just, I mean, I give Atlanta credit for coming back and winning that game. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought Houston would win that game, but they hung in there. They hung yeah. in there. And, you know, when they got the ball last, uh, they took care of it. He mm -hmm. was able to drive them down and kick the field goal. So I would look at it. I agree, though. And, uh, I mean, McVay's track record against Arizona is unbelievable. A lot of that's right. Kingsbury. Yeah. But his track record against Arizona, they've, they've just so dominated this this rivalry. Yeah, you know, Stafford has a, what, a hip pointer yep. or something like that. And, you know, he's along with the bruise, spinal cord and all that. Like, <laughs> I, you know, we're, we're down to, what, Brett Rippon, um, if that's the case, too. Now, you love Cooper Cup. You certainly love Nakua. You love uh, offensively what maybe perhaps they can do against Arizona. But if, if Stafford goes down, then, you know, I don't know about surviving after that. Yeah, kind of SOL. But yeah. I mean, you can make that case about any team, though, that you pick that if, they, if the quarterback goes down, maybe some situations obviously better than others. Mm -hmm. But right. in a lot of the situations, QB1 goes down, it's hold on to your butt kind of time. <laughs> um, but I, I mentioned I was knocked out of Survivor. Pritch is still involved, so we're rooting for Pritch to go ahead and uh, fulfill the $9 million dream here. Um, I'm still in the Circa Million. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> but it's all relative. It's all relative. It's yeah. all relative, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the dream. But He's uh, doing it for the, just the competition. The, competition. I mean, the yeah. money is kind of the irrelevant. Sign bonus is kind of added up to... Uh, uh, right? Yeah, my sign-up bonus is kind of... Yeah, it's all relative. I would like the, uh, the, the relative money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would like that as well. When you had a few sign-up bonuses, though. Yeah, I haven't had those. The Circa Million, though, is what I do have right now. And I was looking at the standings earlier, and it's Circa Millions has gotten off to a Rough start, rough start for me. Uh, thankfully, thank God I haven't been betting a lot of these plays. Otherwise, I might not be here right now. But I, I actually think I'm going to go for the booby prize. Mm. I think I think I'm going to make the turn. How did you do last week? So last week we went one and four. Oh, so you go the for the second quarter booby prize. So I'm going to go for the yeah. second quarter booby yeah. prize, but I'm also kind of you like yourself for the whole season. I'm kind of like I'm I am within shouting distance of the full season booby prize. It has been that bad. How many games back are plays. you of last place in the country? Three, three. Wow. Wow. You're yeah. in range. Yeah, you can do I, it. Like, yeah. So I, it's like I'm, I'm, it. I'm looking at it right now. It's where I'm like, okay, yeah. like do we kind of make the turn? I feel like I have to make the turn. So when you make the turn, will you? Pick against your five selections, or will you just keep taking the selections? Because you're doing it right for the movie yeah. prize already. I know, I know, so I know, so I know. far, I've been doing it right. <laughs> right. I, which is like my dreaded sort of situation. I was like, all right, well, now that these are picks I don't think are going to win and watch me go 5-0, and oh, <laughs> that would not be ideal. But uh, I think we've made the turn mentally now, because I was doing some of the, uh, the, the itinerary on this uh, yesterday, and I was like, gosh, I'm really... 
I'm three back right now. I only have I only have eight points. Five points right now is where the leader in the booby prize, I believe, is uh, Tax the Rich, I believe, is the uh, the booby prize leader right now. What a name. So, I know, right? <laughs> one bad mother split the first, and he's leading. But, he went four and one. He's on top so, know, through, through five weeks. So, so we'll see. So we're going to go for, the obviously, yeah. the second quarter booby prize. Hopefully, we can go ahead and cash that out. But uh, we're going full booby now. So uh, I'm going to figure out the plates. I actually contemplated laying 10 and a half with Kansas City last night. I'm glad I didn't do it because no, they ended up covering yeah. that right. number. But I contemplated laying the 10. I thought Denver could actually hang close. with. Well, the don't overthink conditions. it. Don't overthink it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's probably hard to say. I mean, hard to do. Easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. Um, because now you're thinking about. Now I'm thinking about trying right. to lose. And right. it's like, it's like, do I just organically go about how I've been doing it, which has been terrible in the contest. Uh, but I, I think Cleveland plus seven will be on the, uh, the booby prize. Or do you think that's a bad selection? Do you think a lot of booby prize contestants will be going Cleveland plus seven? Seven and a half. Is consensus booby, maybe. It might yeah. be a consen- Probably consensus, consensus booby prize. Boob- consensus booby. Consensus booby. Put the IE on that. Consensus booby. The lines are as follows. I mean, like, the, we have four for the Ra- Ravens, Titans, two and a half as commanders. I, I think I'm going to have Bears plus three in, in, in the booby prize. I, I don't believe in Chicago. Ooh. I don't believe in Chicago in this spot. I think, but, I think it's Minnesota. Really? Yeah. But, but you could go through Cousins' career. <laughs> mm. At Minnesota, it's and a house of all, it is yeah. ridiculous. It's all the times horse. they go there with the better team, and it just all breaks down. It's Soldier Field for him. Right. He's really struggled there. That's See, the game where I mean, Thielen came out and mm-hmm. said, and and then Cousins said, I went back and looked at the tape. He was right. Yeah. He was open. And he I wasn't was throwing the ball. I remember that game well. I was on Minnesota. Because Tim, I remember <laughs> what you said about Jacksonville. Like not a believer of Jacksonville. Yeah. And that's a tough spot. Having been overseas for a few weeks, you got to come home. And um, if there's one team that could get hot, it has been hot. Uh, you know, you're looking at that team. I mean, Randy Miller was on the program last week uh, and talked mm-hmm. about Houston uh, and, and one of those teams that certainly could be one of those outlier teams this year. How about the four Femi's ah. project, the Patriots? This team can't score, yeah, no. Rich. Yeah, they can't. They cannot they score. Can't. Right. And the Raiders And defense. the Raiders just beat a non-explosive yeah. team. On, yeah. on can you, can you lay three, though, with McDaniels? How about I mean, that decision? I mean, guy, oh, he is, he is itching Just to kick McCoy, a field. Just be more right. I, mean, <laughs> I would never lay it with him. Okay. Yeah, I would never. It's too bad. Also, how do, the, how do the Giants hang within the number with Tyrod? We'll see. We'll get to all the other NFL games on the other side to wrap up the show. This is the Lombardi Live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. (laughs) 
This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network on a football Friday. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard. We've been hanging out with you guys for a couple of hours now. Uh, after us here on the DraftKings Network will be Pablo Torre. And then coming up here at VEASAN, sports betting analysis and talk will continue with sharp money. So make sure you stick around for that with Patrick Maher, Michael, uh, Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher, Amal Shah, and Dustin Swettleson. I, I always got used to saying Michael Lombardi after Patrick's name, but uh, that's gone are those days uh but let's <laughs> you know, you're shaking your head <laughs> it's, a, it's an honest mistake uh lions and the buccaneers though is a game that i am really interested in mm-hmm. uh, buccaneers we'll see if this is a mistake they're wearing the old creamsicle jerseys mm-hmm. the the creamsicle unis of the uh of yesteryears will be breaking out of the closet here for the tampa Bay buccaneers and they have been getting bet heavily not because of that uh maybe because of other some some other reasons but tampa bay right now is a three-point home underdog this was three and a half earlier in the week now down to the flat three total sitting at 42 and a half bucks coming off the bye and the lions coming off a big win against carolina last sunday yeah i think this is a little bit of a measuring stick game for detroit can they go on the road to tampa um you know and what now they're making a feature game this week and and, and and, yeah in the late window uh and and lay a field goal on the road against uh, what's a decent team i think that tampa's done they they both just done a good job managing Mm -hmm. keeping them in games uh, we saw Philadelphia sort of wear them out uh, on that Monday night, but uh, Baker's played well. And, uh, you know, the Lions will have to play well here. They, mm-hmm. They're not going to, you know, I, I think they'll be able to run the football. I think if Goff doesn't turn the ball over, they should win this game. But, you know, a lot of things could go wrong in this spot for them. So, um, and you see the three came down from three and a half. I thought at three and a half, you sort of had to take a shot with Tampa Bay. I think at three, it's a pass for me. Yeah, I mean, it's your viewpoint on the Lions. I mean, have they arrived? Are Mm -hmm. they still working out, working through some things? I think it's the latter. They're still working through some things. But yet, uh, it's a team that is confident, though. Um, last year, if you go on the road and you lose to Carolina like they did, they don't miss miss the playoffs, that's going to stick with you. That's going to eat you up. Uh, And I know it's eating up Dan Campbell. I know he's reminding his squad – uh, of that situation, right? We got to be better than that. Uh, Goff is playing better than he's played in a number of years, uh, if, if ever, really, really. You think about it from a quarterback standpoint. And then Baker, he's true to form with this team in Tampa. They're scrappy, right? You give them opportunities, they're going to take advantage of it. So if you're Detroit, you can't turn the ball over, you, you have to execute. I think if they do that, uh, you're com- I'm comfortable. Uh, with laying it, uh, certainly you want to get the best number if you can, right? If you want to lay three, but um, I, I think you know for Tampa there could be some teaser opportunities there because of the scrappy nature, because of Bulls and what he can do with that defense as well. Yeah, everyone's kind of billing this as a litmus test here for the Detroit Lions. Like, how do you handle success? Can you go on the road? I also think it's a litmus test for Tampa Bay. Like, mm. is are the Bucks for real, or are mm-hmm. they just kind of a team that can beat bad teams and be maybe an eight, nine, nine, and eighteen? But if they win this game, think about that kind of a statement that they'd make as not necessarily contending with the likes of San Francisco and Philadelphia, but maybe you talk about this being kind of a, a core four in the NFC with Tampa Bay right alongside Detroit. Like, I think this is a big opportunity for the Buccaneers here. Uh, if I had to play it. I, I think I'd just take the three just with Tampa coming off of the bye, getting healthy. That defense is finally going to be healthy. I believe we're going to be able to see their first-round pick, Kalijah Kansi, make his debut in the NFL. He's been dealing with like a calf injury all the way back to training camp, so it sounds like he'll be ready to go for this game as well. Mike Evans, he was a full go at practice today dealing with the hamstring injury. So if I had to play it, I'm not going to, but if I had to, I would take the three here with Tampa Bay uh, as the home dog. How about a game we haven't talked about, though, in the Meadowlands? Eagles at the Jets. This one has been getting bet while we've been doing the show. It was Philadelphia 7 this morning. Now it's down to 6.5. And And even some places, like here at Circa, where we're sitting, it's down to 6. Total 41. Doesn't look like the Eagles will have Darius Slay, their star corner, or their star rookie defensive tackle, Jalen Carter. Yeah, obviously the Jets have looked better Mm -hmm. uh, in their loss to Kansas City on Sunday night and then 
going and winning at Denver uh, last Sunday. So I, I, this, the move doesn't surprise me. I think seven is a little stiff yeah. on the road yeah. um, for Philadelphia, having come cross-country, played at SoFi last week. This team continues to have a lot of tough scheduling, you know, back and forth, short week, short week, a veteran team. Obviously, they're the more complete team here. They've got the far superior quarterback. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to cover seven. Um, I, I thought the, Teagle, the Eagles would be in a lot of teasers this week right. as well, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, that's how I would play it if I'm looking for a partner. I mean, I would certainly look at the Eagles. Uh, the Jets' defense, um, they're competitive, right? Uh, you know, Zach Wilson, if, if you take the ball out of his hands, and I think Hackett kind of discovered that uh, against Denver, when you when you yeah. when you can run the ball like that, Brees Lightning now. I mean, we're hearing that. Yeah. Uh, but he's a hell of a player, though, right? And m- my preference, if I was a coordinator, would be like, okay, how do I involve this running game, and and how can I survive with this running game, and how can I provide Zach Wilson with high percentage situations, uh, in terms of. Okay, you don't have to go through progression. We don't have to make it difficult for you out there. Don't worry about that defense. Don't worry about this or that. Uh, Just focus on throwing the ball here. Focus on throwing the ball there. Uh, We got elite players on the outside that we can get the ball to at times. Uh, But it's about controlling the game offensively uh, and playing complementary football with that defense. And that's why uh, the spread kind of worries me in terms of laying it with Philly. Uh, Teaser situation, definitely attracted to that. Uh, Taking the points with the Jets. Uh, that's mute to me because it's just Zach Wilson. He's just that mm-hmm. bad. But uh, I would rely on the fact that Hackett could control the game a little bit offensively, though. Yeah, I took the seven this morning. Okay. With the, with the, when, it, when it sounded like Slay and Carter weren't going to play, mm-hmm. I was like, that's a lot of points. But probably their two best defenders, I would mm-hmm. make an argument, between, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Darius Slay, their best corner, and then Jalen Carter, who, if you haven't been watching some of the clips that have been showing on social media, this guy is unbelievable as a defensive tackle. And both those guys, sounds like they will miss this game. Philadelphia going on the road in a situation for the Jets where – not do or die, but it's like you, you kind of need to start winning if you want to yeah. get hopes of making the playoffs. So I think it'll be a close competitive game. Philly probably wins the game, but uh, seven was too valuable of a number for me to pass up um, yeah. on this one. So I went ahead and grabbed that. Jimmy, I want to talk about the Saints and Texans. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Um, because the Saints, to me, are a hard team to gauge. Although if you've, what is it, 12 in a row to the under? I mean, it's just, the, it, and even yeah. they scored in the 30s, that game still stayed under because New England didn't score. I mean, Houston didn't embarrass themselves going to Atlanta in a one-score game. They gave up a field goal to win it at the end. And that number closed two and a half. Yeah. So if you got them at the end, you had a winner. Um, What do you make of this game, Pritch? Because I would again lean under in in this game. But where are you with the Saints? I mean, if you look at it, you draw a line through Carolina. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay's feisty. Mm -hmm. Um, Atlanta's offensively challenged. I mean, and the Saints are too, but they're sort of the default NFC South favorite. Right. I mean, do they deserve to be a road favorite here in this spot against Houston? I'm I don't not sure. Think, well, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think <laughs> you're factoring in rookie coach and, mm-hmm. you know, D'Amico and all that. But he's, done a, he's hell, done a great he's job. He's done a hell of a job. <laughs> he's done a hell of a job. And the, the, the thing about the National Football League or, or young <laughs> rosters, those rosters tend to improve the most because those players, those young players take leaps forward. Whereas, you know, you look at the Saints, a bunch of veterans – what do they need to improve on? Like, where, do, where, do, where does the efficiency come from? Where does the execution come from? Like, where the consistency of it come from? Like, offensively, is Derek Carr going to turn into something different at this point? No. <laughs> right? So I, I think the Houston Texans have a great chance of actually winning this game, and uh, I'm going to include them on, on a parlay uh, card of mine. So uh, I like Houston in this spot. My only concern would be Dennis Allen against a young quarterback just schematically, because mm. it feels like he gives young quarterbacks trouble. I mean, I, I guess Bryce Young has had trouble with a lot of <laughs> a lot of defenses <laughs> based on what's going on in Carolina. But even looking at how Jordan Love played against New Orleans in the game at home, and the Packers were able to squeak that one out with the hell of a fourth quarter. But Dennis Allen, like his scheme and that defense, I will like as much as I kind of crap all over Dennis Allen as a coach, as a head coach, but as a defensive mind, I think he's still one of the more brilliant defensive minds that we have in football. That would be my only, like, to me, it's a non-play, but... I hope your Texans win because I like this Texan story. I like mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud a lot, yeah. but I, I just I think it's a it's a pass for me just because of the the dynamic of Dennis Allen against another young quarterback, which he I feel like he's taken advantage of in the past. 
So yeah. Stroud's what? still yet to turn the ball over. I mean, he, he yeah, has no, to yeah. turn it's interceptions. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? That is really insane. Is. Right. Rookie quarterback, five games, no, no turnover. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't you, see you, it. So what you hear from Carolina is that Bryce doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. Well, who does <laughs> CJ have to throw the ball to? Is this Nico Collins slander? I know, right? No, no, no. I'm just saying <laughs> you can make excuses well, yeah. for anybody, yeah. right? No, you definitely. Uh, and can. that's what's happening with Carolina. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought the quarterback was supposed to make everybody else better. Yeah, I mean that. It's been a backup O line yeah. for much of the season for the Texans, yeah. and they've made it work around that. So Bobby Slovic, D'Amico Ryan's that whole crew out there in Houston, off to a pretty good start. That does it for us here on the Lombardi Line for Mike Pritchard. Mike Palm, for our producer Elliot Bowman, I'm Femi Benfe, for the entire crew behind the glass. We wish you all the best of luck. Sharp Money is coming up next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.